When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. What am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. <laughs> Once upon a time, and welcome to Story Story Podcast. I am your host, Simon Brooks, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear some traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and bring you back safely. In this episode, we have one story which uses a word that some parents might not like. It rhymes with Cupid and it starts with an S. During the story, it is used copiously, so you might want to check it out beforehand if you're not a fan of that word, just saying. Once last week, when the weather wasn't so hot it was making my toenails curl up, as evening approached on a walk with Mo, I sat under the boughs of an old willow tree. There was a nice breeze, so the bugs, the few that were out, were blown away. I watched a couple of large mosquitoes turn and look at me, flying hard against the wind, trying to reach me, hunger in their eyes, but I simply smiled and waved as they were rolled over and taken away to other places far, far away. Mo muffed as they took off and lay down in the cool grass next to me. One of the taller branches of the willow was long and reached out and down. The leaves fluttered, reaching out to an ancient apple tree, it seemed, whose own long branch reached over to the willow. These two branches of the willow and the apple tree made an arch, and their leaves waved at each other like fingers of two people reaching to one another and not quite touching. The sunlight struck the leaves and shone through them, turning the green to a greeny red and yellow, casting shadows over me and Mo, and flashes of light bounced over the two of us. As I leaned back against the trunk, I heard a voice singing. I am extremely excited to introduce our first storyteller today. Why? Well, Paul is one of my besties, and I also completely love his work. He is a unique storyteller and creator of tales. Paul Strickland, I have a feeling, will become a favourite with his newfangled fairy tales on Story Story Podcast. The tale you're about to hear had rave reviews when he performed out in Canada not long ago. Please enjoy Paul Strickland's The Boy with a Book for a Head. Don't worry, it's not a serious complaint. The Book Head Boy Way back ago, way back ago, back before, there were so many things happening at the same time, such that multitasking was not yet a thing. So there could still be once upon a time. Back in that time, your influencers were evil witches the, the, the stocks were all owned by the kings and the warlocks. The trolls had not yet turned into internet trolls. Back in that time, 
it was very common to get yourself just turned into a donkey or a fish or whatever. It happened all the time. According to my reading of fairy tales from that time, one in every seven people ended up at some point being cursed, which incidentally is the same percentage of Americans that have bad credit. I'm not an economist, but I can read fairy tales. My point is that back in that time, if a warlock cursed a rock and threw it at a prince, a prince could dodge out of the way and everybody, everybody would be like, yay ever after. But it was only yay ever after for the prince because there was still a loaded camouflaged rock just sitting there in the path waiting for some poor peasant child to come walking down that path thinking fantastical thoughts kicking rocks next thing you know pow that child's head is a book this is the story of the book head boy the strangest thing was everyone in his village still recognized him He was just that kid. Come on. We all have met that kid. We all know that kid. They all still recognized him as he walked down that path past the shops toward his house. The blacksmith immediately yelled out, hey, everybody, Timothy's head's a hardback today. The the haberdasher looked out and said, wow, Timothy, I, I, I thought I had made a hat in every size. The monk walked past and he said, well, nothing. But he stared. He really stared. The bookhead boy got all the way home, where, of course, his brother and sister immediately tried to make him sleep on the bookshelf that night. His mother, against his wishes, spit-shined his leather cover, de-dog-eared all of his pages, and took the bookmark out of his cowlick, which was frankly not very helpful, Mom. But his father... His father never looked up once from a different book. See, that was the thing about the bookhead boy's life. Everybody in that child's life could read, but for whatever reason, nobody ever really took the time to read him. And that is why that child left. He walked for days and nights, days and nights, until he finally came to this strange stone well that was just off the path. And this well had water all the way across the top of the well that was perfectly flat and undisturbable. I mean, perfectly undisturbable. If you threw a penny in, there was no splash. If you dipped a bucket in, there was no splash. It was undisturbable water flat across the top of that well. And there was nothing wrong with the water itself. It was the well that had been cursed by an apprenticing witch for a final project. She got a B minus, but that's a different story. The point is because that water was flat and undisturbable, the book head boy could get to know himself page by page by page by page. And yes, sure, the text was reversed in the reflection, (laughs) but my God, have we not all felt like that about ourselves at some point? The point is that child was able to get to know himself slowly but surely, page by page. And when the last page was turned, 
he read the final three words, which were to be continued. And when those last three words were read, that book fell off the child's head and splashed into that well. That well being cured from its curse by its own usefulness. And as that book slowly sank down into that well, that child could see his old, new reflection in that rippling water. And what that child saw was the face of someone excited to go find their next story. Don't want to throw out your favourite griddle or wand. That pair of magic shoes that now feel like slippers of soles worn out. Or your grandfather's fishing rod needs some attention. Go to Tinker Tailor Soldier Gnome Repair Services. With over 1,349 years of combined experience, Bob, Dougal, Ramesh and Truffle-Nose Fatfinger, who is 638 and a half years old, but we'll keep that quiet, know a thing or two and can pretty much do it all. Don't leave a repair job to the amateurs. Give it to the pros of Tinker Tailor Soldier Gnome. This week's special, Bob's Blunderbuss Repairs. 10% discount. We have a review, thank you very much from Jake Film Studios, who says, I recently found this podcast and instantly fell in love. I've been going on really long road trips and had had difficult experiences finding something good to listen to. The true fairy tales and the ads are super cool. I love all of your episodes, especially the spooky ones. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Jake. Hey, I know you already know the best way to support the podcast is becoming a patron patreon.com forward slash story story podcast it does take time and effort to do these podcasts and we're not sponsored by well you know real people so if you do want to sponsor us that would be absolutely fabulous the voice that I heard as I leant against the tree was a woman's voice It was soft and gentle, but I could not make out the words. I sat up and looked about, but could see no one. A mo lay on the ground, looking up at me with her big orange eyes, wondering what I was doing. So she obviously couldn't hear it, but the singing had stopped. Laying my head back against the bark, I heard it again. Once more I sat up and listened, but it was gone. When I next lay back and heard the woman's voice, I listened carefully. I could still not hear the words, but it seemed to come from all around me. As soon as my head moved away from the tree, I could no longer hear her singing. It was only when I rested my head against the trunk that there was any music. My mind played and danced as I listened. Then I got up and moved to the apple tree. I leaned my head against the trunk of that and heard a man's voice singing. It was the same tune but I still could not make out the words, and each time I lifted my head away from the tree, I could no longer hear the voice. I looked up at the two branches that were so close together but not touching. I stood, and with care, wrapped the two branches together, weaving them over each other gently. 
Sometimes when you try to mesh two branches together, they don't want to stay together, and they'll spin back and whip back. But these two branches, the apple and the willow, seem to grow closer and tighter together. I went back and laid my head against the willow, and I heard a woman's voice, but I also heard the man's voice too. The tune this time was not plaintive, but more joyous, happy. I went back over to the apple tree, and heard again both voices singing in harmony together. Our next storyteller is another new storyteller to Story Story podcast, and is another friend of mine. I'm so lucky to have all these great friends, and is another fabulous storyteller. I've known Joanne since we hatched. Well, maybe not quite that long, but she is a great teller of tales, and you may find an earworm or two after listening to her stories. So watch out. Sit back before you're pulled forward with Joanne Piazzi's amazing retelling of. The Golden Rule. When the big bad wolf got cooked by the three little pigs, his cousin, Big Stupid Wolf, vowed to get revenge. Day and night, all he thought about was how he would get back at those three pigs. For weeks, he thought. He knew that he wouldn't try to go down the chimney like the unfortunate big bad. No, he would think of a way to get the pigs to let him right in the door. One afternoon, while he was deep in thought, his doorbell rang. When he opened the door, there was a boy in a baseball cap. Good afternoon, Mr. Wolf. My PTA is doing a fundraiser, and I was wondering if you would like to buy some gift wrap or a calendar. Do I look like the type who wants gift wrap or a calendar to you? roared Big Stupid Wolf, and he slammed the door. But then he opened it up again grabbed the fundraising catalog from the boy's hand, and snatched the cap off the boy's head before bellowing, Now get out of here! Before I huff and I puff and I... He had no idea what he was going to say after that, but it didn't matter because the boy was long gone, leaving his bicycle behind. This is perfect, grinned Big Stupid Wolf. He shoved the cap on his head and flipped through the catalog, practicing his sales pitch. His mother saw what he was up to, and she said, Now, now, Big Stupid... Remember what I've always told you. Follow the golden rule. You, you know, haste makes waste. Not all, said Big Stupid. Haste makes for an early dinner, and it's time for the early wolf special right now. He hopped onto the boy's bicycle and rode over to the three pigs' house. You remember that they were all now living together in the brick house. He knocked on the door. Little pigs, little pigs, let me come in. I'm selling gift wrap and calendars for my school. The three pigs looked out their peephole at the very heavily bearded boy in the baseball cap. Uh, we don't know you, young man, and therefore you don't know us. We know they told you down at that school not to sell to people you don't know. You never know what could happen to you. Now run along home. Big stupid wolf slunk back home. He hadn't counted on the three pigs being so smart. He looked at the calendar in his hand. It was the last day of September. He flipped to October, and ha-ha! There it was, Halloween, the perfect time to get into the pig's house. Right away, he started thinking about a costume. It took him all month, but Big Stupid Wolf finally thought of it. He got a sheet and cut two holes for his eyes. It was genius. His mother saw what he was doing, and she said, No, no, Big Stupid, have you forgotten everything I tried to teach you? Remember the golden rule, uh, 
burn the hand is worth two in the bush. Not all. A pig in the belly is worth two in the pen. And I'm going to give those pigs a trick and myself a big porky treat. Big Stupid put on his costume, grabbed a pillowcase, and started out for the pig's house. On the way, he decided to ring some doorbells and get some candy. He was having such a good time that he had walked all over town before he finally got to the three pigs' house. It was then that the flaw in his costume was revealed. You see, Big Stupid had cut eye holes in his sheet, but he had forgotten to cut a hole for his nose. When he arrived at the pig's house, he was hot and panting. Not only that, he was drooling. He had drooled so much that the entire front of his sheet was soaked and clinging to his snout. When the three pigs looked out their peephole, they knew who that was under that sheet calling, Little pigs, little pigs, trick or treat! Sorry, we're out of candy! came the reply, and the porch light was switched off. Threat! snarled Big Stupid Wolf. I knew I should have gotten here earlier. When Big Stupid got home, he again looked at his calendar and immediately cheered up. There was another holiday only two weeks away, and this one was foolproof. On November 11th, Big Stupid got dressed up in a white coat, draped a stethoscope around his neck, and picked up a black leather bag. When his mother saw him, she sighed, Oh, no, no, Big Stupid, I tried to teach you so hard. The golden rule, you know, uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Not all, said Big Stupid. You can lead a pig to a brick house, but you can't make him safe. And I'm going to give those pigs a taste of their own medicine. He walked right up to their door. Little pigs, little pigs, let me come in. I'm here to do your free well pickies checkups. Happy Veterinarian's Day! It's Veterans Day, you big stupid. We're not opening the door. thought Big Stupid. How did I read that wrong? He dragged himself home again and looked at the calendar once more. Maybe they outsmarted me this time. But there's another holiday this month, and next time they'll be too polite not to open the door. On Thanksgiving morning, Big Stupid put on his moccasins and stuck some feathers in his head. His mother saw what he was up to, and she said, Oh, Big Stupid, haven't you heard a word I said? I'm trying to teach you the golden rule, you know. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Not all. Pork chops make the wolf grow fatter. And I'm on my way over there right now to give those pigs an invitation to my feast. He walked up to the pig's door. Little pigs, little pigs, let them come in. There was no response. He knocked again. He called louder. Little pigs, little pigs, let them come in. There was still no response. The wolf knocked and knocked and called and called. He walked around and looked in the windows. The three pigs weren't home. Big Stupid didn't know it, but they were down at the soup kitchen helping to serve Thanksgiving dinners to those who otherwise wouldn't have gotten any. Big Stupid Wolf had never even heard of the soup kitchen, believe it or not. Finally, he gave up and went back home. He flipped his calendar to December. Ugh, he sighed. Christmas. Now how can I get those pigs to open their door? Suddenly it came to him. He wouldn't have to get in the door. He could go down the chimney on Christmas Eve. The pigs wouldn't have a fire going in the fireplace. He wouldn't meet the fate of his unfortunate cousin, Big Bad Wolf, after all. He just needed a suit. So Big Stupid made himself a red coat and a hat. He designed a catapult that would shoot him right up onto the roof of the three pigs' house. Of course, his mother tried to stop him. Now, now, big stupid, please don't do this. Remember the golden rule. Uh, uh, Tis the season to be jolly. Not all. Tis the season to be piggy. 
grinned Big Stupid, and I'm about to give those three pigs something they never thought they'd get for Christmas. On Christmas Eve, Big Stupid Wolf paced back and forth until it was the middle of the night. Finally, he walked toward the home of the three pigs. He could see the candles burning in their windows. He started to giggle. He positioned himself in the catapult and shot himself through the air. Boing! His aim was so good that he went straight into the chimney feet first. As he zipped down, he thought he smelled chicken soup. Suddenly his toes were warm, and just before his head went into the pot, he realized that the candles in the window were in a menorah, and the three pigs were sitting on the floor in front of the fireplace playing dreidel. The three pigs were Jewish! When Big Stupid was cooked, the three pigs fished him out of the pot, and on Christmas Day they were down at the soup kitchen again, serving minced wolf meat pies for Christmas dinner. Because even though the three pigs didn't celebrate Christmas, they knew lots of hungry people did. And they also knew the golden rule— for Christmas, anyway, it's better to give than to receive. I hope you liked the stories today. If you enjoyed Paul and Joanne, then look them up. Tell them that you heard them first on this podcast. Find opportunities to connect with the magic of live storytelling, whether it's in person or virtual. There are wonderful storytellers out there. Go find your favourite storytellers from Story Story Podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. Did you know that you can connect with the podcast and see the fairy tale sponsor ads on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast? Or you can connect with me at Simon M. Brooks on Instagram. Also check out hashtag In the Woods with Mo. And on Facebook and my website, Simon Brooks Storyteller. Diamond Screech, yep, that's me, the English fellow and storyteller. And please do let us know your favourite story that you've heard or the favourite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. The inspiration for the true fairy tale sponsor came from... I'm not sure where it came from, actually. It just, like, popped out of my head. And the, the true fairy tale... Well, you know, I was just looking at the trees across the road. And the music is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts because that really does help other story lovers find and enjoy the show, which helps us. You will hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door, and there, on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court. Thank you.